All right. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another Serious Angler podcast powered by our friends over at X2 Power Batteries. As always, I'm your host, Bailey Eigenbrit, and joined with me is the captain, Mr. Andy Full. What's going on, dude? Oh, you know, just another... Or you start every show like that. <laughs> oh, you know, just oh, yeah, another... No. Just a glamorous day in balmy western New York. As everyone's listening to this, we are going into a blizzard warning, and it is going to be miserable this weekend for Christmas. I have a funny feeling all of my family Christmas plans are going to be canceled because everybody kind of travels in from different parts of like western and central New York, and we all congregate in a tiny little town about 25 minutes um, west of, well, east of Buffalo, and it's like the dead heart of the zone of the blizzard. They're going to get like two and a half feet through Sunday. So it's going to be uh, going to be a lonely Christmas with just the wife, I, and Emery. So it's going to be fun over here in the full household, I have a feeling. Well, if you're worried about your travel plans getting canceled, I'm worried yeah. about my travel plans getting canceled. Yeah. You are going, well, you're supposed to be flying as people are listening to this. So Yeah, as people listen to this, hopefully I'm already... I'm in the air or we've already landed like going to Florida this weekend to see the fam. Haven't seen them in basically a year. So it's been a long time, probably the longest I have gone without seeing my parents, which is kind of like a weird feeling, Uh, you know, hashtag adulting. But uh, it's it's interesting because this blizzard's coming in. We don't know if we're going to make the first flight. I mean, we we look like we're in the clear right now. Where's your connecting flight? (laughs) JFK. Oh, you. I don't think the storm's even going to hit New York City. So well, that the issue is you have one coming from the west, and you have a nor'easter coming up the coast, and that's why it's bad. Yeah, well, I guess we'll figure it out. Ooh, I didn't know you were flying to JFK. Good luck. Well, either way, it is what it is. It's been a good life. Safe good travels, travel. bud. Yes, yes. Yeah, safe travels. <laughs> Oh, man. but So, yeah, episode today, obviously, it's a fun one. we got Mr. Hayden Anderson joining us. It's been a while since we've had Hayden on the show. And I, I feel like I – th- I think it's only been two or three shows on this with Hayden, but I feel like it's been, like, almost ten because we helped out with the Minnesota Bass Nation last year. So I feel like we've done a bunch of shows with Hayden. But So this will be just another show. We're going to be talking some uh, unique ways to target smallmouth, more, more so the Midwest, but this is obviously – we're going to try to make it applicable – to around the country, and then we're going to have people on. Uh, we're going to have folks on from the west, the southeast, south, uh, and obviously we'll have a northeast show as well. But this one's going to be a lot of fun. But before we get into that, uh, Andy, tell the folks what is coming tomorrow for the Lure Lab. Mikey Balls dropping an ace on everyone of an awesome bait to catch big bass and numbers of bass all over the country. So it's going to be a fun one. Yeah. So look forward to that. That'll be on YouTube or same places you find Serious Angler on MP3 or podcast apps. Definitely check that one out. Uh, and I'm sure people are getting sick of hearing me say it. And I, I promise, I think this is probably the last. No, no, we got next week too. Yeah. Uh, is that those Diable Reel giveaways still going on at Omnia? It's the end of the month. Links down below if you guys want to get in to win some free Diable Reels. And uh, yeah, I hopefully by this time, by this time, I am in Touchdown in Florida and doing a little bit of fishing today down some Florida. I'm putting some uh, some Florida fishing vids up on the Be the Fish YouTube channel. Um, but I think without further ado, Andy. Yeah, we should get Hayden. Bring on Hayden. Before he leaves. <laughs> yeah, that's right. What's going on, man? Hey, how's it going? Good, man. I was I to say, come with you to Florida. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I don't know. Like <laughs> Andy and I are coming. <laughs> it's it's honestly not much. Be- okay, I take that back. It's better than up here, but it's only get it's gonna be like a high of like fifty one or fifty two. Like when we get down there, and like literally when we leave, the temps go back up. So like we're bringing the weather with us, and then when we leave, we're bringing the cold back north, and they finally get to go yeah, back. Definitely get blamed for that. Yeah, everybody you talk to hears you're from up north. They're gonna blame you for that. Why? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, without a doubt. Yep. <laughs> The whole family is like, yeah, it looks, you know, the, the whole stereotypical grandma calls you. It looks like you're bringing the cold down with you. Right. <laughs> yeah. Classic. Yeah. Like, I'm all come, grandma. <laughs> yeah. I'll stay yeah, here. Yeah, threaten that once. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Be the worst trouble. Uh, don't come. Yeah. Right. 
but dude, it's been a it's been a while since we've gotten able to to catch up with you. Fill us in kind of how the fall went for you, because I know uh, I love seeing the social media buzz of, of you trying to stick it out to the very last day. You know, breaking ice with the boat. You know, how'd the guys' season go? That sort of deal. You know, fill us in on uh, what we've missed over the past few months. Yeah, um, the start to the fall was pretty rough, but it seems like that's kind of how it always is. Um, September is always kind of a tricky month. Even the first part of October, I was I struggled. Um, seemed like it stayed pretty warm throughout the most of uh, first part of October. So that just makes things tough because it makes that transition take forever, it seems like. Um, but right around mid-October, um, I had one of my best days of the year. Um, went to this cool little inland lake, and we caught like almost 25 pounds. And it's a relatively new lake to me, so that was really cool to – to see that size average come out of there. And we got a whole pile of fish too. Nice. Um, and it was from then on, it was like every other trip, you know, was a bad one. It was like, you'd have a good one, then a bad one, good one, bad one. But I was also testing out um, a lot of new lakes this fall too. Cause I, I kind of tried to stay away from uh, Lake Superior where I normally can just go and pound them every time I tried to go and challenge myself a little bit and, you know, fish some of those inland lakes that I don't have a lot of experience on. And I found that real, that, that challenge really, uh, you know, uh, rewarding when you kind of would run into them. So it was fun to fun doing that on a lot of the inland lakes. And then, you know, then I, of course, as the season got later on, then I, then I, uh, went back out to the superior and we did, we had some really good days out there too, pretty usual. So yeah, like one um, of the guys that are out there salting the ramp, bringing the shovel and living it out oh, to yeah. the very last day. Yeah, we were actually taking like my, because uh, I got some Lorances and they got the hard screen covers and uh, we just weren't smart enough to ever bring a shovel with us. So we just used that and they'd go scoop up the sand from the ramp and sprinkle that all over the ramp. And yeah, so we weren't uh, leaving the boat behind. We were making sure we got it out of the water, but. Yeah, we had to get creative a few times. Oops. There's a few ramps up here that oh. guys will just drop off a bag of salt for everybody to use when they when they go to the, the ramps. Really? Like a community salt. <laughs> nice. Here's a yeah, shot. I brought salt for you boys times. Yeah, I brought salt with a few times and, and that definitely helped, but uh yeah, if I'd have brought a shovel with I really would have been prepared, but you always gotta leave something out, right? Yeah. Yeah, maybe the most important tool. <laughs> right. Yeah. I had all my up. fishing, all my tackle all prepped up. You know, that's what's always on my mind first. And then it's the uh, responsible stuff is ours, the afterthought. Yeah. For me, anyway. <laughs> yeah. With the ice tramps, it's not always, uh, you, you never know what's going to go down there. You definitely can't, uh, you know, it's not like summer and put in, not even think about it. Oh. You yeah, don't think about yeah. it that time of year and it's bye bye truck. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and I was an idiot all fall too. I was procrastinating getting new tires on my truck and I, oh, no. I didn't do that until like last Friday until I was all done with. So mm -hmm. it made it even more interesting trying to pull the boat out. All my buddies who came with are probably like, Oh my God, why we take your truck again? Because I mean, they were bald. So that really didn't halfway to the ramp. Hey, Hayden, did you get new tires yet? You're like, Nope. You're like, Oh, <laughs> right. Like absolutely not. Nope. <laughs> We'll just put it in four-wheel drive and hope for the best. Nice and slow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There was a few times. My buddy Damien just be like, all right, you got to pull it out. Just come out. You get in the driver's seat. He's like, I'm not going to be responsible for this thing sliding backwards. So, oh, gosh. Yeah. Well, dude, I have but, to uh, imagine with that storm you guys are getting hit with that we were talking about earlier that we're going to get hit with this weekend, that you guys are mm -hmm. pretty much locked up and done for the year, right? Yeah, there's there's nothing anywhere close to me that I could go launch my boat at right now. But if there was somewhere, I'd try. But at least there's nowhere I could launch a boat and go catch a bass. Okay. Say it again. Does the Mississippi stay open? Um, parts of it do, but I think all the like fishable good like bass waters are pretty locked up. I got you. So okay. Yeah. There, yeah, I think the you know obviously the further south you go, there's um, going to be more open water. But I uh, I'm friends with a guy on Facebook who fishes it pretty hard down there, and he was breaking ice even even in like middle of November. So 
I uh, I think I think it's mostly done down there. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's probably way past done. So, damn. Yeah, it's that time of year where everyone's just starting to go stir crazy. I mean, we're even doing it up here too. We still have open yeah. water, but they're just kind of right. like. But it's just to get a little bit warmer. Yeah, I just uh, I just pulled out all my hair jig tie and stuff last night, so that's kind of always <laughs> the sign of winter's begun. Like, well, to get a little impatient. Yeah. So, well, dude, uh, start talk to us. Talk to us about the uh, the bite you were on this past fall. Like, what is what is usually the norm for you in terms of a fall fishing Midwest? Like, is it targeting rock piles, sand flats? You know, baits that you use to target those fish, that sort of deal. Yeah, um, most of it is uh, rock pile type stuff. I mean. That's kind of like pretty, pretty standard smallmouth fall time stuff. Is a lot of it's humps and points and stuff like that. But there was definitely some lakes where um, it would just be, you know, the lake maybe didn't have a whole lot of rock, so more was important to find the right depth range, whether it's fifteen to twenty or twenty to thirty. Or sometimes I was catching some fish out into forty, um, which is actually. Some of the deepest I've caught fish, I try not to catch fish from too much deeper than that if I can help it, especially when they're glued tight to bottom. But um, there was only a couple of lakes and a couple of different times where I was actually catching them that deep. But uh, um, standard baits, I mean, you can never really go wrong with the tube. That's like if, if you had to just lock one bait in my hand, it would be probably either that or um, maybe a a swim bait too. I love that's like the most fun way. I think we could probably all agree on that. That's it's tough to beat throwing a swim bait. Um I had a couple of really good days on a Ned rig too. Um that's always a, a hot button topic for some people, but I don't care. I love I love catching fish and and that uh that's tough to beat. Um yeah I mean the Ned like it seems like the later the year that gets the more the Ned shines. Yeah, it's yeah, exactly. Cuz it's just so simple, bite-sized little thing and you know, simple and like <laughs> most un- unintimidating little thing that uh, they're just going to slurp up, so yeah. All right, so I got to ask this. Are you a casting rod or spinning rod for the tube? No, I, it's got to be a spinning rod. Oh, <clears> me, I mean, died. I guess yeah. <laughs> I guess I could, I could throw it on. I do have a couple of rods I could throw it on uh, casting tackle, but I don't know. I don't, uh, you guys, I know throw a lot heavier ones though. Like you guys are throwing three eighths and half ounce ones often. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So Sometimes the heaviest I throw is really, yeah. See like, and I don't, I don't get into that. Like if that was the case, then I'm sure I would throw it on casting gear, but most of what I'm throwing is like quarter ounce and that's even on the heavy heavy side of it but i might have to pull it off my hot spot i don't think i've got uh I, there's a little bit of a lag on our side in terms of audio you get that as well um i was earlier when we were talking but not so much right now i think you, you just have you to hold your phone in an exact position you can't move for the rest of the show that's what it's <laughs> yeah. well I'm, i might have to try to reconnect my wi-fi here because i don't think i've got a ton of I actually used my hotspot. I forgot I'd used it for so much. Oh, see, long. now it started see. getting shaky there because you moved your phone two inches. So now, now we're losing all. <laughs> <laughs> Hang tight for a second here. I'm gonna switch it over. I think you're good. You're good. We'll, we'll drop you out of the queue, and then uh, we'll add you back in when you're ready to go. I don't think he can hear me. Man, we've had a bad streak lately of like connection with guests. It's weird. It's it's got to be like winter. Like winners having effect on fiber optics or something along those lines. It's got to be the winner. Scrooge is in here to to ruin all of the uh, the live streams and the connectivity. It's like yeah. no, no podcast in the winter. No. Not allowed to have good good connection. <laughs> Everyone has cabin fever. Let's make it worse. That's Perfect. right. <laughs> yeah, dude. That's one thing I haven't thrown in a really long time. That I used to throw a lot for smallmouth as a tube. And I don't know why I just got away from it. Yeah, I, I used to. I actually think I used it more 
this year, and it's because um, I got this Alpha Angler rod. It's seven foot. Was it seven three? It's a Meg wrench, and it's like a medium heavy, almost like a heavy butt to it. And for those heavier tubes, when we're out like forty foot of water, it was working really well on like twelve pound braid to like ten pound fluoro, so I could really rip on them. Hmm. We got you now, Hayden. Yeah, I can hear you guys. Can you hear me okay? Yep. Yes, Welcome okay. back. It's kind of robot on your end right now, or at least that's what I'm hearing from you. So I might just switch it back here. It just said I had like 10% <laughs> or something for my hotspot, but whatever. If I got to go over a little bit, it's not the end of the world. Hey, man, if, if we're not here to, to charge anybody. Or no, you're, you're good. <laughs> But uh, you guys can hear me fine, though. Yeah. All right, let's roll with it for a little bit. See what what happens. You are crystal clear on our end. Perfect. But yeah, Andy and I were talking a little bit. It was just like the tube. How I feel like for, I feel like it's still thriving in the Midwest. But at least I don't know. Maybe it's just me and just being short sighted. But like at least in the Northeast, I feel like it's just gotten away from us. Where the the drop shot and I feel like the net has definitely replaced a lot of people that have thrown the tube. I don't know. Am I wrong, Andy? Yeah. Yes and no, because I actually have a couple Canadian buddies over here that like live and die by the tube, and they catch giants on it still. So I think it's just something that we are truly like removing from our plethora of tackle and smallmouth tactics because a drop shot works so well on forward facing, even a Ned rig like the three eighth one three eighth ounce ones we pour with the do it molds head, right? Like even those show up on forward facing really well. Mm-hmm. I swear a tube sometimes, in my opinion, gets drawn out because it's more plastic as opposed to like a heavy weight. And I feel like the weight is what shows up better on forward facing. Oh, so, especially, especially if you have a lighter head too, like it doesn't sink straight. Yeah. It's all just, mm-hmm. and that, that's the one thing with the tube, it always swirls no matter what the head is. Yeah. So, so Hayden, with uh, you mentioned your inland lakes, and then how you towards the later fall you grad like gradually will go to Superior, but like, is there a difference in terms of how you're targeting these fish from a great from a Great Lake versus your inland lakes? Because I know, like for us here, it's not completely different, but we definitely have to take a different approach from our inland smallies versus our Great Lakes smallmouth. Yeah. Um. Like. I would say it seems like it's a lot simpler on, uh, on the great lakes. Um, just like you can pretty much lock a tube or a jig or a swim bait in your hand. And for the most part, like you don't really need to throw much else, maybe depending on the day you throw some, you know, make little adjustments and kind of make things more successful. But, um, in the lakes, that's when I will have like 20 rods rigged up and it's not because you don't like, know your what you're going to catch them on like you know you're going to still catch them on those standby things like the swim bait tube and my ned rig or uh drop shot sometimes but you just each day is a little bit different and seems like those lakes are a little bit more fickle so you uh are all kind of try to mix in other baits to to really dial them in a little bit better because they just seem to be a little bit more sensitive i don't know if it's a numbers thing and and andy feel free to fill in my gaps here but I don't know what it is, but like inland smallmouth, it seems like you can go and smash them one day and then even just a little bit of change in elements in the fall and they completely shut off where the Great Lakes smallmouth will, they don't seem to be affected whatsoever by it. I don't know if it's like that by you. I'm going to switch back real quick to... uh... (laughs) Got it. So, I mean, I, I do agree with you, Bailey, while Hayden is figuring out his hotspot Wi-Fi connectivity issues that here. Winter storm telling him he's not allowed yeah. to podcast now. So I do agree with you, like on our inland lakes, like it almost seems like everyone says you need sunny days to catch like big smallmouth and numbers of smallmouth. And for us, it's like the complete opposite. We want yeah. the most miserable weather. And on the Great Lakes, like numbers days are great when you have bright, sunny, kind of calm, a little bit of variable light chop. But then on the days that it's the exact opposite, you don't catch as many, but you catch giant fish. So it's 
it's like the exact polar opposite for me here. Inland lakes, you want miserable, the worst weather possible. And on the Great Lakes, I mean, it's the same thing, only if you're targeting giants. So it's yes and no. I mean, yes, I should say, like, it's it's funky the way it works. It's like they're two entirely different species of smallmouth, in my opinion. They look different. Yeah, they weird. act different. They eat different. They set up completely different except for on a couple like different lakes we have and i'm sure it's the same way over in wisconsin with hayden just because like superior they're probably eating gobies even though there's like lake whitefish in that lake and cisco and all that stuff superior is basically like a cold water fishery with a few warm water fish mixed in because it's so vast so deep and so north that's where those inland fish over there eat a ton of perch and whatever the bait fish is like we have in our finger lakes and inland lakes here. Hmm. Do we got you back now, Hayden? Yeah, no, sorry. Apologize for all the connection. You're issues. good. You're I would have out if I could have heard you guys, but you guys are sounding so robot that I, like I could hardly pick out some words you're saying. So, but here we are. It's so hot weird. Again. So, we'll so weird dude. Cause like you're crystal clear on our end, which is uh, really? a strange. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't get it. Yeah, you'd think that if my Wi-Fi is the problem, I would not be coming through to you guys. But whatever. Besides the yeah. point, get back to the smallmouth, right? Yeah, you would think. <laughs> Technology, it's not our forte. We're just here to talk. No, so, exactly. <laughs> but, okay, so so one of the questions I was asking before you had to switch to the hotspot was uh, one thing in, in here, at least, is – we don't completely alter how we target our inland, inland smallmouth than we do the Great Lakes smallmouth, but you definitely have to have a somewhat different approach, especially when weather's changing, where the Great Lakes smallmouth seem to be more consistent with some weather patterns. For sure. Is, is that the same thing for you and your inland lakes where like you have to always kind of be adjusting uh, yeah. day after day? Yeah, I would agree with that. It seems like the um... – yeah, the Great Lakes fish tend to be a lot less affected by weather change. Um, but they'll sometimes go even crazier when, like, it is, you know, say, like, a little snow flurry or something like that. There's time. But I also see that on the inland lakes, too. But um, it does seem like, yeah, like, if there's, like, a bad front or, you know, something that would normally knock the inland lake fish for a loop, it seems like it definitely they, – they don't get affected as bad on, on Superior. But – uh yeah. yeah. So like when you have a day that so take an inland lake, you know, you go out one day, you smash them on exactly what you're talking about, tube, swim baits, all that jazz. You go back the next day, you have a little bit of a weather change. Maybe it's an increase or a decrease in temperature, uh, change of overcast or sunny, that type of deal. Um, is there anything unique that you might do to change and try to get a bite or two, at least to get something, get the ball rolling back to try to figure out what those fish are doing. Like they, like you might actually see them, but they right. won't eat. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess like having live scope on the boat um, makes it so you can kind of track them to see what they're doing a little bit differently. Like if say I'm going back to the same lake, I just caught them on really good the day before. I mean, I'll go back to the same spots and, you know, that's the natural thing to do, right? Go and check and make sure or see, see if they're still on those spots or in the areas. Um, but then just try to kind of follow them from there and, and, you know, see what they're doing differently that day. If, if it was like a major weather change or something, but, um, yeah, so that's kind of a big help. Yeah. You know, the day I, I think it's, it's definitely a little easier in the inland lakes to, to find those fish after they've, they've left. Whereas, I think on a superior when they're not right. there, like, oh shit, they could be hundred yards or two miles. Like who knows? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, there's so yeah, and there's so many different bait fish types for them to chase out there. It's can make it near impossible some days if they just decide to up and leave. Well, especially that early fall, like when you talk your from your transition from summer to that kind of standard fall pattern, that window right there where they could just be on a random freaking flat on nothing. Like yeah. those are the days where I think it's so confusing. That's sometimes. my least favorite time to fish for smallmouth, in my opinion. Yeah. You said September is yours, Andy? Least yeah. Favorite? Like yeah, September, 
the first week of October because you have like yep. those colder nights, but you still get like the 75, 80 degree days yep. here. And they just have no yep. idea what to do. Like I started yeah, I finding fish, like suspending like 20 feet off the bottom because I had mega live. Like, oh, is that a smallmouth? And like dangling something there. And then you could get them yep. to go down. You're like, yeah, oh, yeah, it's a smallmouth. Like, right. Yeah. Don't yeah, <laughs> no, I I totally agree. I I hate that that uh, time frame, and it seems like it's always when the water temp is in that like fifty four, fifty five to like low sixties range. That's uh, I just just despise that time frame because that yeah. There, I mean, I had a couple of really good days this year on like you know right around that same temperature range, but. Like it was just like one lake, you, and I don't know if it was just because the fish were extra dumb in that lake or something or what. But like you'd go try the next day on a new lake, and it was garbage. Yeah, what I find in that time period is to get a big bite is far harder than catching numbers. Like you can catch a lot of numbers yeah. during that time period, but your average yeah. fish might be like three pounds as opposed to that water temp dips a little bit or if it's more stable just slightly above you might over here at least on the great lakes like you might average like a four to four and a half pound bite but i really feel like when that water temp first starts to drop and kind of rises and fluctuates a lot during the day it's a lot of like two and a half to three and a half pound fish you can't like get away from them to save your life (laughs) yeah i feel like yeah no i like it a lot better when it's yeah high 60s and seems like you can just keep running your summer pattern for the most part. Water hasn't cooled off enough to make them really change too much yet. Yep. And then, yeah, it gets brutal. What you were saying there, Bailey? Yeah, I was saying that time, I mean, that time of year is so interesting where it's like, especially if you can like target pressure drops, like with the windows, like for, it's like super weird how you can, you can fish some of your areas. Like, cause they're so, they're starting to adjust to that, that fall temps where they're starting to rise a little bit up in the column. Uh, and some still are like mm-hmm. high in the column from summer where you could go chuck an A-rig subsurface in 30 foot of water and be smashing their lights yeah. out where they're not, you know, getting right. towards bottom. But I think like that, that's the time of year that's so tough to like, if you, it's basically, if you're on top of them, you're going to catch them, but you're only going to catch them for 20 minutes and they're gone. And that's the most confusing yeah. time of year. Whereas like for me, I'm a very target specific angler. Like even when I'm shallow, like I can't, I can't show up to a random flat and just start casting in the abyss like some people do and they rely on. I need to be like, okay, there's a stump right there. I'm going to cast that stump. Or there's a yeah. boulder right there. I'll cast that. I need a very, very target specific. And that's like where the late fall is fun when they start relating heavy to that stuff. Where's that? Yeah. Early you make your cast. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I'm kind of the same way. I don't like having to just show up and just aimlessly pick apart a flat when there's like it's just sand or something and there's some lakes that are like that and you know you if you know that going into it and it's like you're already kind of familiar with then it's not as big a deal but let's just say it's a brand new lake to you and then you got to go and try to pick them apart on it's like well i need something to go on here i need like a reason behind why a fish is sitting where it is Mm-hmm. yeah like the people that go out and chase a rogue that it's just in the middle of the abyss on forward facing like that's not i can't do it my i will go mentally insane trying to figure something like that out because it's not it's not a pattern like it's it's basically you're going out just doing figure eights hoping that you're gonna find something i actually i had a lake this year um that i caught some really big ones out of that we were doing that um where you'd it was it seemed like it was always the same spot each time or the same little area it was kind of this knob that they would relate to um but yeah, it was like nothing. There was no rock, no logs, like nothing to it. But it was just this little area where it was just hard bottom. And I, it was right next to a basin. And I think they would just push bait up against it, chase bait around it. And we caught some really nice fish there throughout most of like the end of August all the way into like end of September. But then once that time frame comes up, like you're like right, right at that beginning part of October, it was like you didn't see a fish there. Hmm. it's weird it's weird but, small um, mouth man like at least with large mouth like you know that if they're gone out of something they're not going to be very far away right yeah we're small leaves they move so i mean that is the one cool thing i'll say 
with forward facing. And I know that I think a thousand people have said this already, but I still love the. It still amazes me, and it's still so cool to learn from this technology. Is how much these smallmouth actually move. Like mm-hmm. there was a few days where I thought for sure that they were feeling my forward facing, which maybe to an extent could be true. Uh, and I'm sure like, especially in like a TVA or something that that's true, but that mm-hmm. I would put the cone on them and then they'd be gone. And I put the cone on them again, and then they'd be gone. And I'm like, these fish are just moving. They don't stop. But it's just like, they never stop moving. And it's, whereas you put it on a large mouth and he's just going to look at it and he goes, that feels funny. I'm just going to stand here. <laughs> oh, look, there's a bait. Would you look at that? <laughs> I must eat bait. <laughs> That's why smallmouth are better than largemouth. I rest my case. They're the smarter fish. You're more, they're more educated. I'm just kidding. Kind of, not really. See, yeah, I feel like that's such a debate. Like, and I feel like I've definitely said that too, where I'm like, yeah, smallmouth are super dumb. But also at the same point in time, I've never been driven more mad than with smallmouth. Although, like, when you get on top of them, they're the dumbest fish you ever met. Right. And then I, I said that until this year where I was on top of them and I couldn't catch them. And I was like, okay, yeah. this, is, this is payback for all the times I said smallmouth are really dumb. Right. But then you give them to like mid-November and it's like they've never seen a, a bait in their entire oh, life. No. It's all like time frame, time <laughs> of the year dependent. Something yeah. I wanted to say something about that live scope cone thing though. Is anybody like, is there any science behind that? Like, do like, do they actually feel it or like know anything? Because like, People say they can like hear the, the beam or the trans. Like I don't hear anything from my live scope transducer unless this, maybe there's something they feel, but like 360, like you hear that tick in the water. So, right. I mean, I would think that would be more of a. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, like everybody's like, oh, well, they're they're feeling that beam. Like, I, does anybody actually know? Is that actually a real thing? I was listening to a podcast with John Sokup on it, and he he didn't think so, but I don't know. I know. Yeah, he, no, that's a good question. He knows his stuff with uh, yeah. electronics, but right. So I don't know. That's uh. So we did a show with a fisheries biologist, Steve Barden, who heads like Major League Fishing's habitat restoration projects, mm-hmm. and uh, I think we actually brought that up, and it was quickly the topic got changed from like a question or some other tangent because. I mean, you know, this show, we just go on tangents all the damn time. Yeah, yeah. Never stay on track. Um, so we had asked him something along the lines of that, but we have another show planned with him here in a couple of weeks. He's going to come back on. Yeah. Um, dive into further. And I'll, I will make sure that we ask that one because that's yeah. a good point. I mean, the, the bass with his lateral line can see or not see, good gosh, can, can feel, feel like an right. insane amount of things. I mean, uh, <laughs> Milliken actually just put out a video that was super interesting of him fishing like, Two to a, a, a lake that had two to three foot of visibility. And he's fishing like yeah. twenty three foot of water, and his yep. bait's like maybe two three feet under the surface. And yep. a bass on bottom already started rising up to his bait, like a bait that was slowly falling. Yeah, like four, five, six of them did. I yeah. saw that. That was cool. Like yeah, if they can feel the that, man, I think they can feel that beat. Right? I mean, you're probably two D, you know? Yeah, I know. But but like two D, you can hear. You can hear that tick 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 tick. You don't hear anything, but like you're saying, their ladder line. Maybe they feel something, but you don't hear anything. But you hear every, you hear it from other transducers. That's what is makes me think like, okay, what's well, I don't know? Because you just hear people all the time saying how they turn the the live beam on the fish and they can see them already swimming away. And it's like, but is that just a coincidence? Are you being too loud in the boat, or do they actually feel? Uh, they're already swimming. They're constant, especially right, smallmouth. They know. hardly ever sit still. Hardly right. ever. Yeah, so that's what I don't know. I don't seem like I notice it like that. If the fish start to move around away from the boat, it's like I think it's because <laughs> they've been casted at too many times by me, or you know, we caught a few fish out of the school. But I haven't noticed it, at least not by me. Granted, I don't get as much pressure as like those lakes down south, but I haven't noticed it really where. It seems like they're swimming away because there's, you know, a live transducer pointed at them. But. Well, here's a thought too to co- like to add on to that to think about, and this is also you could argue it's just coincidence, but it definitely seems like, like when you go out in these these lakes and the person that makes the bomb longest cast of the day in that complete opposite direction mm-hmm. that you're heading catches the biggest one of the day. It mm-hmm. almost seems like it always happens like that. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, you could argue that. I mean, there's no pressure from the boat or the sonar, right? I don't know. It's a super yeah. cool debate to, to talk yeah, about. Yeah, I don't know. It was just – I don't know. I was curious what you guys thought because I, I'm kind of – I lean toward – just because maybe it's just because my fish are unpressured or not as pressured. I lean towards, like, that they don't feel it. But, yeah, I mean, I, I have no other reasoning besides my own experience. Right. So. Yeah, I, I really don't know how much it affects it. Like, yeah. I think a lot of it is understanding fish behavior and knowing what they're doing because yeah. last summer on Erie, a lot of people were saying you couldn't drop on fish. And I literally dropped on fish all summer long. And mm-hmm. a lot of times it was like a color change or a weight change. But with forward facing, you can tell the attitude of a fish as soon as yeah. that bait's going down. Yeah. Like, it's, I know it's. I, it's good stuff. I you hate to you hate to be so dependent on it, but man, after a couple of years of fishing with it, it's like it, it took me like two weeks to realize like what I was missing for so many times. It's like yeah, like I've already completely changed the way I fish for smallmouth. It's wild. Right. Well, and, and that's something too. And that's like I know we talk about this a lot in this show. Um, but like when it comes to like from my from my brain, right? I know there's so much debate around forward-facing sonar, and it shouldn't be allowed here. It shouldn't be allowed there. And quite frankly, if I'm catching more fish, I'm still enjoying the fishing part. I'm learning yeah. more about the bass that I wouldn't learn if I didn't have that tech. I don't care. Like I, I'm yeah. going to rock that because it's a lot of fun. I'm catching more fish. <laughs> we might lose Hayden here because he's, he's, he's got the, the loading circle on his screen. Oh, now. no. But, like, one thing, too, Andy, like – that I thought was super interesting in the time, my first full year of having forward facing on the kayak was, I mean, this might be interesting too, to see if, if, uh, and asking you this question is I've noticed there's a lot of fish. Maybe this is because of the kayak, right? Where it's less intrusive on the water is that I see, uh, see less fish, uh, affected by like when I go over top of them or I go towards them, they don't, they're not as affected. If that makes any sense. Yeah. I, yeah, and I think there's, like, a multitude of things, right? Like, the kayak, it's quiet. A big bass boat, I mean, as you're pulling up on them, you have the outboard running, you have the trolling motor, you have forward and back, you you have your, pardon me, I apologize, on your all tracks or trolling motor and the transducer, you have that pinging, you have the rear transducer pinging. Some people have multiple different transducers pinging all at one time. You can have side imaging going, down imaging, 2D, 360, forward, 2D on the front, down imaging on the front. Sometimes you people have a hydro wave going. Like there's so much technology and just opening and closing, picking up and dropping rods, changing baits, stepping across the boat. Like they can hear all of that. Just talking on the boat, they can hear all of that. Like you have two, three people in the boat and you're all laughing, talking, having a good time, which I mean, personally, I don't, yeah, I don't think. (laughs) No talking in Wendy's boat. Nobody can talk. (laughs) Oh man, that's a complete lie because I think everyone knows when I'm on the lake. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm laughing. I'm having a grand old time. I don't care. (laughs) We were on the lake this past, this past year. And it was one of those days. You see me from four miles away and you will hear me laughing. (laughs) So... (laughs) We we literally had a day, Hayden. I'm, oh gosh, and we lost him again. <laughs> uh, oh, st- Streamyard right now does not like Hayden. No, but he his hotspot ran out of data, so oh, he's yeah, Jimmy back and forth. Dude, I don't know. I, it was like I can hear you guys perfect, <laughs> and I just boomed on. So I don't know. Yeah. Maybe maybe this uh, storm is starting to do something. But I'm back. The podcast guys for now. They're they're anti Hayden. Right Yep. They're anti-smallmouth talk yeah. is what it is. They're like, catch getting... more largemouth. Yeah, yeah, no. Then I'm just quitting altogether. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I'm I hate it. I'm rejoining, though. What's that? So I'm getting quicker at rejoining after I cut out, though. Yeah, it's been like split second. Like, I probably should be gotta... not even calling attention to it because you're right back in. Like, yeah, I'll try. We'll try to just act like nothing even happened. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> <laughs> but one thing uh, – what to finish that point quick? Cause I'm sure there's some yeah. people that are like, "Hey, dude, finish your story already." Right, right. No, uh, there we had a day in the water that was like those that slick calm day where there's no wind whatsoever. And uh, Andy's buddy, like we, it was a day that we literally had almost every single fish was a five pounds fourteen ounces. 
Ooh. he couldn't touch six. And Andy uh-huh. just like doesn't even yell it. Where he's talking to a boat that's 20 yards from us, and he goes, We can't beat 514. And then he gets a text from a guy that's like three miles, and he goes, You guys can't beat a 514. Like oh, everyone man. knows when Andy's on the water because he's just he, especially the boat ramp. The ramp, you know when Andy's at the ramp. Yeah, I'm just happy. Like, you gotta be happy, you gotta enjoy life. So talk to everyone, have a good yeah. time. So whatever. I love it. So you see your boat motors coming over to Andy's boat yeah. from all directions. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Pretty much. And no, now, now you can see me from like eight miles away because I have this bright white Camus. And he's oh, <laughs> so I have this bright white Camus that everyone can see from freaking like three cities down on the lake. I feel like it's just wild. Hayden's like, screw this podcast crap. No, dude, like I want to. I don't even understand, but <laughs> you're good. Like nothing even happened. All right. Well, before we lose you on the next one, one of my questions to to you was going to be like, I know you're throwing tubes, swim bait, such like that. But is there a time for you with your smallmouth where it's you're whipping out the blade bait, the spoon, or something kind of something different to present to this fish? Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, once it starts getting real cold and you start like stop, you're not getting bit on the usual stuff. Then uh, that's when I'll start mixing in that metal. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a pretty short window. It's not like it's for weeks and weeks. It's, it's kind of just like right before ice up, it seems like for us. Um, and it's, you know, fishing's already getting pretty tough by that point anyways. But, uh, so you're not like, you're not catching them like you were when the water was still mid, mid, uh, kind of high forties, but yeah, it's, that's, you definitely got to break out the metal to, uh, start getting your last few bites of the year. I will tell you this about the metal, Hayden. Don't be afraid to throw it when the water's like in that weird 55 to 62 degrees. This year, there was a couple days where I couldn't give them a bite of drop shot, but they would only eat metal. Really? That's interesting. And I would normally never think. I just tried it because I was like, why not? I got forward facing. I can't get them to eat. So let's throw a blade on them. And all of a sudden. You're like, oh, yep, they ate it. This is fun, but you'll get like one or two. You won't catch a ton of them, but it's yeah. you'll you'll get one or two extra bites, and it's always like blueback chartreuse or something sure. really bright and loud. Yeah, something that was kind of cool. So, like in that in between period, something I was getting bit on um, was hanging a minnow. That was actually really cool. So I hadn't really messed with that ever, kind of until this like early fall that we had a couple of days where it was really good. Like at the Mickey you're talking. Yeah. Oh. I say hanging a minnow. Cause that's what the Canadians say. And I just got to sound like I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I'll, no, the Canadian ways they're like, let's go get some Timmy Orton's and hang a minnow. Eh? <laughs> right. At first you're like, wait, is he talking about live bait? <laughs> yeah. That's what I thought you meant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was just dropping a sucker minnow over the side of the boat. That would great. Great. Let, let's see what happens, boys. <laughs> yeah. So you're like, yeah, hang a minnow off the boat. I was like, yeah, well, no, no crap. I mean, <laughs> absolutely not. Nobody, nobody uh, take that the wrong way. I have not touched live bait in many, many years. Yeah. Hey, everybody. We're going to have a show of Hayden and we're going to talk about unique baits to catch smallmouth. Yeah. Live bait. That's what I guess. Yeah, just, just hang, <laughs> hang it with Schneider off the side. <laughs> we're going to go float and fly in 50 foot of water. Let's oh, do it. <laughs> Oh, but yeah, no, I mean, like that was a lot of fun. I mean, it's, it's not something I'd want to do every day of the year, but for someone who's never really uh, had a lot of experience doing it, it was a lot of fun. And there was a couple of days, like I said, where it was definitely our, our uh, top producer and like not even that deep of water. Sometimes it'd only be 13, 14 feet of water where, you know, you just, we have a lot of like fish cribs over by us in Wisconsin so like just man-made box shaped structures that uh, the DNR sinks and uh, some of those, you know, like the same areas that I, like I, or same sets of cribs that I know fish go to, you know, normally you can throw like a jig or something through the cribs that's semi weedless and, and catch them. And we, we started out doing that and caught a few, but it was like having live scope, you'd see how many are actually in there. And it's like, well, why aren't we still getting bit? So or actually you snag on them a whole pile so we we would go to get snags out and i'm like well what the heck i got this sitting on the deck we 
dangle it over the side of the boat and next thing you know they're just coming up and you know you get denied a few times you kind of figure out the sweet spot the what height they wanted at and then they just come out and crush it and that was really cool getting them doing that and the big you know five inch one just like uh just like gussie says to use mm-hmm. dude i i i love throwing a demiki uh because I think when you when people talk about throwing a Demiki rig, and there definitely are times where you can literally just check it and hold it, and you're going to catch a fish doing nothing. Like yep. it definitely can be simple, but there's definitely some like maneuvering to it to be efficient with it. But I do think is that's also a bait that, in my personal opinion, that without forward facing, it would be the most, or even 2D, you could argue, is the most boring bait to throw. I think the fact that you have technology where you can watch the fish come mm-hmm. up to it makes it more fun. If that makes sense. I asked Gussie that last year when he was on the Tennessee River, though. Wasn't he using on 2D? Yeah, that's what I mean. You said it wouldn't be as much fun unless you had. But he, uh, yeah, he did it on 2D. That's how yeah, I mean, even on 2D, it's fun. I'm saying, like, if you're Oh, boring, oh, oh. If you're, you're saying if you didn't have anything. <laughs> we don't have anything at all because he's gone. <laughs> he's gone again. <laughs> he got Thanos, like, just. <laughs> he's, like, gone. <laughs> Dude, no, it's like I I'm just frustrated for the podcast. I will keep rejoining as many times. I don't care. But you're good. What we'll, we'll do now if if you if it keeps hopping you out, we'll just uh for for people that are home and not driving listening to this, it's a drinking game now. So you have to take a shot or a swig every <laughs> yeah. time. Hey, <laughs> 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 to think about it, sure. <laughs> people are going to get rowdy. <laughs> yeah. We'll just we'll just start taking Hayden out of the lobby like that and just making people drink. <laughs> yeah, you'll be getting pretty pretty quiet here for a minute. Fantastic. Now yeah. I think that was like the best one yet though, because he was like mid sentence and just gone. Boom, gone. <laughs> like, yeah, I really think that. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> and now I don't even remember what I was saying, but we were talking about uh, we were Gussie Judy. I remember yeah. that. I just don't remember what I was saying in that sentence. Mm. Anyways, oh, yeah. I I just think though, like if you're like if you're blind casting or just like you have no electronics on the boat, like I think obviously you can catch them. I just think that technique is so. I think it's one more efficient, but two yeah. way more fun when you can see the fish screaming up at your bait. One hundred percent, and yeah. you know, kind of well, just like any electronics helps you kind of figure out quicker what uh, you know, what kind of adjustments you need to do, whether mm-hmm. you need to be because like I noticed it at least when the water's warmer, you know, keeping your bait high. It seems like you know bringing them you know getting them to come up high for it seems like that that's what really gets those ones to, uh, to commit to it mm-hmm. well, even, even 2D. i mean like yeah. to be to know whether you have to slowly rise it or like there's yep. times when you have to work a fish for what seems like minutes yeah you slowly rise it they'll follow it and you drop it back down they'll chase back down they'll just watch it and there's right. times where you gotta like scream it up and open your bail really fast and that's the only way they'll eat it right and that's yeah. like lake trout fishing through the yeah oh <laughs> Gone. <laughs> Take a drink, people. <laughs> Seeing that. Cheers. <laughs> Which actually, this is a perfect way to segue that uh, I have a pretty cool opportunity coming up uh, in, in 2023. Uh, more going to be relevant for the local folks, but say if you're coming up to have a guide trip with Andy or you want to come up fishing with us, or if you're going to make your way up to New York, especially in Buffalo, I have a really cool opportunity. I won't divulge everything just yet because it's not 100%. Set in stone, but it's going to happen. Uh, just kind of keep that out on the uh, the horizon for folks that uh, you'll be in for a treat if you're up in the area. Love it. Oh yeah, has a little bit to do with what I'm uh, I'm drinking right here, in my hand. That's a, that's as much as I'll show you for now. Hmm. That's right. Hmm. Well, we were talking about Tamiki rigging, but is there? Okay, one thing I wanted to mention earlier because I had it written down because I don't think a lot of people do this per se is within a blade bait some people mix in like three quarter ounce traps instead of blade baits is that something you ever mix in hayden is throwing like heavy traps? i like i've kind of tried it a little bit when the water is a touch warmer like before you'd want to throw a blade bait um but i really haven't had much success doing it i don't know if it's just uh the lakes i'm fishing if they don't really you know like them that much or Mm-hmm. what the deal is but yeah i haven't really had much success on a lip list with small for your cisco chasers because like your ciscos get pretty pretty big don't they 
Yeah, definitely. Some of the lakes, yeah, they're fish or some of those Cisco are getting really big, like, you know, mid to high teens for sure. Probably are they maybe. are they more like your thinner, like a thread fin type shape, or are they like an alewife shape? Um, I don't know. Just kind of your typical, you know, long, kind of skinny looking, not super skinny, but like a long oval type shape almost, if that makes any sense. Yeah. I wonder because like so we were talking about Millican earlier. And one thing I'm really been tempted and I think I'm going to try is how he does that wire wrapping on the trebles for some of his glides mm. to make him sink. Yeah. And I really think that's for Cisco's or even for us here with our alwives for largemouth. Mm-hmm. I think you could replicate something like that. Like, I mean, like a six, uh, six cents draw or like a river to see S waiver. Yep. Like, I feel like that kind of thing could be pretty gnarly to get some big bites for smallmouth. Yeah. No, I, I would like to, to mess with that a little bit more too. I, I definitely I keep a little wire, uh, little spool of uh, wire wrap in the boat with me at all times, just in case uh, I want to do little tweaks like that. And uh, yeah, I've done it like with crankbait sometimes to kind of like add a make it like almost suspend or like a slow slow rise or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't. You, this might be a really dumb question, but where do you get that wire wrap? I think you. I think I got it like a fly shop, local fly fly fishing tackle shop. Okay. But I'm sure you could easily order it off of like Tack Warehouse probably has it. I don't okay. know if it's something Omnia carries yet or not. I'll have to find out. I'll have to find out after this. If I if they are, I'll link so it. So wire wrap like for like fly tying and stuff, right? Like for yeah, putting around trebles and stuff like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh like so just let Sink. you, yeah. you yeah, can go to better. any fly tying shop. So like for yeah. you, Bailey, Orvis on Transit Road at Eastern Hill Mall, they sell lead wire wrap to put on flies to help them sink. They sell it there in like spools. Yep. That's so, a, that's where yeah. I that similar type shop by me, that's where I got mine. <laughs> no and it comes in all different like wire gauge sizes too. Yeah, I couldn't tell you what size mine is, but it looked like the right diameter. I picked a kind of a thin one that would just be easy to wrap and customize. Yeah. Well, dude, uh, we're going to wrap this thing up here in a little bit. But, uh, I mean, in regards to unique patterns, unique ways, baits, et cetera, to target, whether it's inland or your Great Lakes, smallmouth, um, any little juicy tidbit that people can kind of walk away with? for kind of ways to upgrade um, the mouth. I feel like I need more of a, give me some more specific of like something. I can't think of anything right off the top of my head. I need like a, um, need something to go on. Okay. How about this? You know what I mean? You're, you're five hours into your day. You've got the school located. You've tried everything. What time? Nothing is firing. Let's say, let's do, let's do summer, summertime when they're a little bit more. Right. And nothing's working you're like okay if they're not gonna if we've tried everything if they're not gonna eat this then they're not gonna eat anything what what what's what are you pulling out um <laughs> maybe this might be the boring response but like dead stick a drop shot or something you know tall like a high uh three foot leader or something like that pretty high off bottom something to kind of get them to look up yeah throw it out, let it sit there you know if you got live scope or something to make a good precise cast, land it right in the middle of the school or, you know, whether maybe it's a pack of just two or three of them or something, but just trying to do less, I feel like is a, sometimes can be big, make a big difference. That's a good point too. I find myself more and more these days, just not doing a damn thing with my drop shot anymore. Right. I think it's something that everybody can work on, including myself. Like I, I find myself thinking like, Man, I bet if I could just make a cast and let it sit there for four minutes, I'd probably mm-hmm. get it. But it's so hard to do. Like sometimes I think that's that's all it would take, but you just it's really tough to have that discipline to actually stick it out and do that. But oh that's work too, where yeah, you don't have to quite let it sit that long, but sometimes just casting it out, you know they see it and uh just let it hit bottom and just hang tight, I guess. Yeah, I mean, especially if you know you're not around area where you're going to get snagged up, like, fairly easy. Right. That's one thing I just – it really – and I actually, I posted a video today when we're filming this, but it's this past Wednesday for people that are tuning in if they want to check it out. 
got almost 26 pounds late summer smallmouth. Uh, and it was on the stem of when you leave a rod in the water to retie, especially the smallmouth fishery, yep. that's always a good thing to do. And it seems like you always yep. catch your biggest one doing that was when you're just letting it sit there doing nothing. And so literally I just started drop shotting, well, physically drop shotting, whether it's on Mega Live or not, just letting it sit there. I'll have it slack line for a few seconds, for like five, six seconds. Yep. I give it, I tighten my line for five, six seconds, maybe give it one rise. And then I do the same thing again. Super, super boring. Yeah. But I started catching bigger fish doing that. I don't know. It's super interesting to see how that, or like I start shaking it and I don't, like I, I have zero confidence in shaking my drop shot anymore. Like if yeah, anything, see, I'm, I'm a big shaker. Up, I'm letting it open. I'm a big, big shaker when it comes to the drop shot. Shake it. But it's always slack line, very small movements. And it's, if I can't get them to bite it while I'm just sitting there holding it still, I have to give it like a fast vibration shake, but it, always on super slack line because i don't want it moving i just want to make it quiver just a little bit more than normal mm-hmm. yeah, one thing i didn't notice from a couple of your videos though andy when you were doing that i didn't notice it almost seemed like you already had the fish on your last couple of shakes and then you're like oh shoot like there's a fish. yeah and, and sometimes it's just a field thing like those smallmouth in the summertime i sit there and shake it to see what my rod tip will do because sometimes you won't feel them bite it they just grab it and sit there and you won't see anything so if i can sit there and vibrate it you'll you'll notice as you're shaking it that rod tip will just slightly bend because when you're doing it you're applying pressure on the up movement it helps pin them actually really good in the top of the mouth hmm. so i don't know i don't yeah, lose too many fish on drop shit but drop drop, drop shit <laughs> easy, easy easy yeah so yeah like even taku you know remember when he won that saint lawrence tournament he kept saying, no shake. Everybody wants to shake the bait. No shake. That was kind of. If Taku says it, that's a law. Right. And it's gold. He's only been yeah. fishing smallmouth for a few years, but he's still better than most everybody. Yeah, it's wild. That dude's a wizard, man. Like, he is my spirit animal. That's what he is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Well, dude. Such a cool dude, too. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Okay. So, last question for you. Uh, before we start wrapping this thing up here is do you play around with any scents or anything, any bait fuel, anything that kind of get a little freaky on them? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I like to do it more so when the water is really cold. <laughs> he must've hated that question. Cause he just backed out again for folks uh, listening or watching. That's another drink. <laughs> I, I like scent, but only when the water is getting cold. Everybody take a shot. That's what we're saying. That's what we're saying. It's okay. You don't, if you don't uh, want to divulge the juice, it's fine. We get it. You can just let us know. Right. No, I'm just I'm out of here. I just keep quitting. No, uh, but I, I like it when when you when it's late in the year or early, really early in the year when water's really cold and you got fish that are, you know, picking up the bait soft or not getting the hook real good. That's when I like to that's when I'm very religious about putting it on. Um, but I don't worry so much about it in the summertime unless it's like, you know, a funky bite, uh, heavy cold front or something, or maybe you're uh, fishing a tournament where there's a lot of pressure on on a couple of spots you're fishing or something like that. Then you all mix it in to try to be a little bit different. But I uh, I try to kind of just forget about it when the water's warm because it's like there's already so much to worry about. Um, so many so many different baits you could already be catching them on. Um, that I try to just kind of, if I can help it, try to rule it out. But I, I do think it makes a difference when the water's really cold. Right. Yeah. When they're being that, when they're that finicky and they're just ice cubes basically sitting at the bottom. Yeah. And it's just like, I've always stood by the, um, my thought on it's always like, it can't hurt. So putting it on, you know, unless it's like some really crappy scent or something, but any of the big names out there, I feel like adding it to it definitely isn't going to harm anything. Right, for sure. Well, dude, uh, again, appreciate you taking the time to come on the episode. It's been a, it's been a while, and appreciate yeah. you, you hopping in the lobby for I think it's been like thirty times. I'm sure some people yeah. are pretty hammered at this point if they actually competed in the drinking game. But uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and if you're listening to this on Christmas, like I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for having me on, guys, and. Yeah. Uh, We'll have to, we got to go fishing at some point. 
once you guys uh you guys like to come make a trip over to wisconsin show you some yeah. of the wisconsin fishing i gotta come over to new york too that's on my bucket list i gotta get up to st lawrence and ontario and everybody's bucket list pretty much yeah smallmouth disneyland right i gotta yeah. come out and do it sometime well buddy we uh we are trying to plan to come over for the blackfish classic that's out that, that right? way and then uh I have in August the I have a Mississippi River event, um, but Ooh, I can certainly nice. hang around a few days. You should plan uh, on doing that. You should try to. Yeah, I'm thinking so. Yeah, thinking I'm only. Yeah, is it where about? Is it Lacrosse? Yep, it's in Lacrosse. Yeah, I'm like, I think I'm like three hours from there. So I mean, it's not like it's super close, but it's not uh, north, south, know. east, west. Uh, be like north, northeastish. Okay, that's not too bad. I'm mean, gonna have to go east anyways, and uh, yeah. gunpowder is east, so I'll probably end up working a couple days in office. I'm sure we can make something happen. Cool, yeah, man. We'll be in touch, yeah, boss. I appreciate it again. Uh, always a pleasure. And uh, your social links and everything will be down in the description. So if anybody wants to book a guide trip with him, highly recommend it. Go check out some of the big old smallmouth he's been catching in Wisconsin. And uh, man, I'm sure we'll, we'll be getting you on the show again real soon, and hopefully, your hotspot. Yeah, man. Yeah, hopefully better Wi-Fi by then. (laughs) (laughs) Appreciate it, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah, man. Stay strong this winter, guys. You as well. See you, boss. Yep. Always good getting Mr. Hayden on the show. Not as much when his hotspot hates him, but there's nothing you can do about that. Technology always is anti-cooperation, it seems. Anti-streamyard lately, it seems. Yeah. Or serious angler. could be both. It could be. Yeah, you could argue that. But, uh, man, good show. I love talking smallmouth. Uh, and this is actually going to be a series we're going to do smallmouth, uh, largemouth, spotted bass. We're going to try to dig into each corner of the country that is a hotbed for each species. I mean, obviously, largemouth is everywhere. But we're going to try to do it in a way that uh, that makes sense. We're going to get each advocate from different corners of the country to come on, talk some juice, talk some I think it's going to create a pretty cool series for people to absolutely start thinking out of the box a little bit because there's like, we can talk about stuff all the time, right. Of drop shotting and flipping and cranking. And it's like, we're talking about that. You know, a million YouTubers are talking about it. People are talking about it on different tournament trails, but not too many people are trying to break out the juice of like something completely different. Cause I think, you know, obviously fishing is fun and there's so many baits that can catch them, but Something's cool about whipping something out. It's really weird, man, and catching them. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I think we have a couple things up our sleeve that we figured out that they'll eat every once in a while. That's kind of cool, but we'll talk about that eventually. Like, I think some of them might be good lure lab episodes. So maybe we'll even talk about them there. So, yeah. Yeah. Heck yeah. Well, dude, uh, coming up for you, any Christmas plans? Um, I don't know. So, like, with the blizzard coming in. Um, oh, that's right. We talked about yeah, this. They are kind of at status hold. New Year's Eve is my dad's birthday. He turns old. Um, he turns old. He turns old. So, um, we usually have, like, a pizza party for him and, like, watch a Bills game or something, depending on when the birthday falls. And then, um, yeah, I'm going to have a couple... Probably January, February will be quiet months from guiding and fishing. So it's going to be a nice reprieve. And um, I as much as I need to be on the water as much as possible, I can get some other stuff done. So, yeah. Be good. Right, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully that'll be fun. And obviously we have a couple shows coming up. That'll be pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, Tuesday's show, again, is, is still not confirmed. We're still working at it either way. It's going to be a lot of fun. Encourage you guys to get over there. Uh, will be a big name coming on the show. And then Thursday Night Live, yes, Thursday Night Live, was originally going to be Friday Night Live, uh, but it's now Thursday, and we're doing that dual stream with Alex Rudd. We're getting Mm -hmm. Mr. Alex Epperson from Oklahoma's Worst Angler on. We're going to get a few buddies on to have a post-Christmas slash end of 2022 bring in the new year type of deal where you guys can come on, and uh, it'll be a not-so-serious episode. So if you're trying to learn anything about bass fishing, that is not the episode to join. That is the episode to come and have fun, get in the comments, make fun of us, make fun of each other. Yeah. Beware that episode will probably go three hours because the not so serious ones tend to go three hours. So be ready. That'll be a long one. It'll be a lot of fun. Drinks will be flowing and uh, encourage you guys to join us on that one. But uh, Andy, without further ado, 
let's say peace out to the folks guys have a very merry christmas hope everyone yeah. has great holidays happy hanukkah whatever the heck you celebrate these days yeah. who knows what the kids are doing but either way have fun stay safe uh stay warm if you got the this cold coming to you and uh, we'll talk to you guys on tuesday <laughs>